This is Lincoln's home for sports talk on the FM dial. Also online at theticketfm.com. On the internet. KNTK FM Firth. 93.7 The Ticket. Gather round. This is the Ticket Water Cooler. Brought to you by Culligan of Lincoln. Coming at you live from the Copples Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Here's your host, Jake Bakoven. today or you got some things going on today you can come out tomorrow saturday 10 a.m to 8 p.m or sunday 10 a.m to 3 p.m and missing it's just eight bucks to get in but just get uh but you get a dollar off if you bring a non-perishable non-expired food product for the food bank of lincoln so uh we're having a lot of fun out here teaming up with colican we got nate back at studio uh hopefully uh he can hear me we're getting ready to talk some super bowl stuff at least we were getting ready to talk uh some super bowl stuff till we heard caller bob who has taken over the station uh, thinking maybe is, completely taken over. <laughs> is he? Is, is, that's where you draw your. Uh, that's where you. That's where you've been hanging out with Bob, I think, because you've uh, been on record already predicting ten and two. Is that what he went for? Is no, that, I'm I mean, not even on Bob's level. Bob came on here <laughs> and he said he he went to a completely another level. He said undefeated, and he said oh. um, so we're gonna make the playoff, and in the first round as the one seed, we're gonna play Alabama. And we're going to win, of course. <laughs> and of course, I mean, if you're going to the playoff, you might as well win, right? I mean, why not? Yeah, I mean, it's not like, you know, the Big Ten hasn't had too much trouble in the playoff recently. So Nebraska, right. if they win the Big Ten, they should just float on by. Uh, I don't know if I have uh, that sort of optimism, but I, I, I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad to hear it in a portion of the fan base because it's, it's very interesting. I think more interesting than that, uh, and we will get into the Super Bowl stuff here in a second, is kind of the idea um, that people have been – um, arguing about and, and kind of disputing is, is whether this is kind of a one-year project if it, if it goes bad or if it only goes mediocre, I suppose. Uh, and that's that's what's going to be interesting. I think some people, when you talk to them, they're just so tired of these mid-seasons you know seasons falling behind 500 that anything above 500 will do it. Other people, they remember the old heydays for the Huskers. They don't want to be stuck at six or seven wins for another year and then um, you know not know what's coming for the future. Uh, without a whole lot of hype moving forward, obviously a six or seven win program, it's a, it's a little bit of a, a move forward, but it's not a huge jump. Um, so there's a, there's a big case to be made in my mind. Uh, they, it, it just depends on the eye test. And that's kind of how I think you always go with these, with these things. I, I don't think you want to set a certain win number. I mean, things can happen. Crazy things can happen. You don't want to, you know, have it come down to a bowl game or, uh, you know, even though it might sound kind of silly, maybe it should come down to a game against Iowa because right. you can't get over the hump there. That's another thing that they need to, uh, you know, check off the checklist. Um, but I think if it looks like it's got any sort of momentum coming out of next season, um, obviously at least has to be, I would even say, six and seven. I think if you go to a bowl game, I wouldn't say, well, they're firing him if, if you lose the bowl game. I don't put that much on a bowl game, especially the circumstances, uh, as we know, bowl games today a little bit different in years past where you might have guys that are trending toward the NFL sit out. And so, you know, I, I don't know if you count that one in there either, but I think that's a, I, I, I try to say, 
I don't need a certain win number, but uh, I do at least need you to finish right. 500. And if you don't finish 500, at least make it to a bowl game. So more than anything, make it to a bowl game. I don't know if five and seven and getting to a bowl game, pulling off a Mike Riley bowl game or, a, you know, Rutgers this past year would do it either. Um, there needs to be certain, you know, a level of belief that it's moving forward. But right. it's also just fascinating. Are, are, is Nebraska, the fan base, the athletic department going to give Nebraska time? You know, if it doesn't look bad early on, they make a run late. How much is that uh, worth in, in the grand scheme of things? But it's, it's certainly interesting. I think most people see this as a, a make-or-break type of year. Yeah, there's two sides to that, Bach, and I'll ask you your opinion on this because we were talking about this uh, during the happy hour. So I asked Rico and Nick, and their number was six. You have to make a bowl game, and Scott Frost is obviously going to stay with the program, at least you would think at this point because it would be his first bowl game that he's made since he's come to Nebraska. So our number was six. I'll ask you that. I think six obviously retains his job. I think it shows improvement in the program. I think it shows that the new coaching staff and the new transfers have come in swimmingly. And then uh, one thing that was actually getting a lot of uh, – people on the text line kind of disagreeing or agreeing. Do you have more optimism with Casey Thompson or with Adrian Martinez? Because I think the argument that we made is, while Adrian I don't think was the problem with the team, and I don't think anyone really ever assumed that, from my perspective it was just kind of it was time for both to move on. Both Nebraska and Adrian Martinez. It had nothing to do with Adrian Martinez. I don't even think it really had to do with Scott Frost towards the back end of it. I think it was just time for him to have a change of scenery, and I think a Kansas State is a great fit for him. Um, and I just, I genuinely think just a change of scenery for him and bringing in Casey Thompson gives an overall optimism towards the team and towards the fan base. So those are the two things I'll ask you. Do you think there's more optimism with Casey Thompson, and do you think that number four Scott Frost is six wins? Yeah, I, th I think ultimately it has to be. Again, if it, I'll answer that second one first off. I, you know, I don't think another below 500 season is going to get it done. And like I right. said, if you qualify for a bowl game at five and seven, it's you know, <laughs> uh, the APR scores are great or whatever. But right. you need, you know, you need some success on the field. So uh, by that point, I think it would be over. So absolutely, I think that's where they need to get. I don't know if it's necessarily. I mean, because the schedule is a lot more difficult this year. If they just kind of, you know meander their way to six wins i don't know if that's enough right i mean if it doesn't look like they're turning a corner but they get a few wins i don't think that that's necessarily enough maybe it is because you've invested all this time into the program and finally right. once it sparks you know toward uh, a winning product even if it's just to a degree maybe that's not the time to give up on it but as far as adrian goes yeah absolutely i i, I think that and i i said all along even before he was transferring it, it was kind of the idea that you know nebraska might not be better they're certainly not better in that quarterback room um before casey thompson transfers without adrian martinez but at least it's new and, exactly. and that's that's more than anything is that there's kind of a hope restored in something different rather than you know this project because i i, I kept going back to you know if if you have Adrian start for five years and you finish with seven wins like this that almost takes away from the, the, the accomplishment of the seven wins right? right I mean you would be excited finally that you got to seven wins but if you do it with Adrian then you don't have too much stability moving forward at the quarterback position right into the next year to believe that seven wins is you know you can compound on that uh, and then the other thing is it's just not worth the five years that you put into it. That's not the goal after five years, after a long-term project. So, you know, besides that, you know, there's other, other things to think about there um, as far as I, I think that it, it's time for him, and he's talked about this at Kansas State, to run a little bit less. Is no, would Nebraska be willing to do that if Adrian were there? Uh, I'm, I'm not sure if they would. I mean, obviously they, they've kind of – 
use Adrian the way that they wanted to and, and continue to push him, and he got hurt, and, and he kept playing third. And we, you know, you can commend him for it, but uh, I don't think they were going to change the way that they were going to use him. And, and to be quite frank, I think they used him about as effectively as you can. I mean, he's not – he doesn't have a golden arm. He's not – you know, he's not ultimate accuracy type of quarterback. He's, his legs are a big part of his game. Um, so I just think it's, it's time for moving on. I think overall, too, in the transfer portal, they did a heck of a job to get somebody – um, maybe at his level or beyond that. And, and the I, coaching I, staff. I mean, bring oh, in yeah. Mark Whipple to help him out, too. I mean, I feel like that's kind of been, among Husker fans at least, like that hasn't been talked about enough. I mean, we watched – I'm going to be completely honest. I mean, I watched damn near every ACC football game last season. Pittsburgh was not a great football team. But Kenny right. Pickett was a Heisman candidate. I mean, I, I think it goes without saying that without Mark Whipple at Pittsburgh – Pittsburgh is not the team that they were last season. And I think Casey Thompson bringing in with Mark Whipple, I think that's going to make an impact. So, again, I, I look at this six wins, and then I look at the schedule. It, it's not what it was this year. I mean, yes, it's a tough schedule. You're going to have to play a Big Ten slate. But, I mean, Nebraska had, what, the third, fourth hardest schedule in, in the nation last year? You're not going to be up against that gauntlet again. So I'm completely in agreement here that six wins. But the, the other interesting part of it is, if you start out four and six, Nebraska doesn't have the cachet that they once did. In the 90s, you could fire your coach at the end of the season and you were going to get the cream of the crop. You were going to get that coach because Nebraska just had that type of clout, or for lack of better words. I don't really right. think that's the case anymore. I mean, do you, if you start out, say, three and six, four and six, do you pull the trigger in the middle of the season or do you wait until the end of the season? Because the clock is ticking, especially for coaching hires nowadays. I mean, Brian Kelly left a Notre Dame team that was a fifth-ranked team in the country. I yeah. mean, if you're trying to get these top-tier coaches, you have to make a move sooner than later. So I think that's an interesting aspect of it, of if Nebraska does start out slow again like they did last season, when do you pull the trigger? Yeah, and you might see it, it happen early. Like you're, I mean, you're right. The, the coaching movement is uh, – the coaching carousel is amped up yeah. a bit. Nebraska's not going to get the top guy on the market, but it's similar to the quarterback thing, right? If it fails once again, you're where you are with Adrian Martinez. Well, well, at least new is hope, and it's not just the same thing. Uh, and so, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, most Husker fans – I was surprised how much support Scott Frost still had. I mean, I – if it were me, I would have waited till the end last year and then maybe maybe made the move and and probably let him go at three and nine, especially after the Iowa debacle. But they decided to make their choice at, at three and seven. I thought that was somewhat disappointing. It kind of cut off any hope that you would have for some goals that still laid out there with Wisconsin and uh, in Iowa. Those are big obstacles. Those are still things to say. Hey, Frost. If you want to save your job, go out there and, and, and get something and, and, and check one of these, you know, uh, check something off the checklist that needs to be done, that we that, that, that you had some sort of progress right. this year. Instead, they just kind of said, all right, we're going to force put all the blame on these assistant coaches and then try to get some new guys in here, and then whatever happens in the remainder of the season happens. Um, so, you know, but that's that's what I would have done, but that's that's almost going like you're saying – um, maybe it's, it's an old school attitude because nowadays you have to make your decision before the you do. season's over. Uh, otherwise, you're, you know, everybody else is going to be making their moves. But sometimes, you know, things will fall into place. 
but it is fascinating. And I like this uh, response off the text line because it is something that's somewhat concerning. Kent says, I think the, the goal is seven. I think the players that they have acquired, however, it doesn't feel like the O-line or D-line are improved. With that, it's hard to find seven wins. Yeah. I think there is a lot of that, right, where we're, we're you know, it's easy to, to get caught up in the quarterback position and the wide receiver position and, you know, kind of those flat, flashy positions. Um, there are still major concerns with that offensive line, and the defensive line took a hit. I mean, both of them. You lost – I mean, where do you want to start a, a good football team? It's on the fronts. And Absolutely. you had two um, dynamic pieces that if you would have brought them back uh, – you're right in there. I mean, and then and you take away any sort of concern, not any sort of concern, especially on the offensive front, but especially the defensive line. If you bring Damian Daniels back, I mean, that's huge. If you bring Absolutely. Cam Jorgens back, at least that piece on that offensive line, you can see, uh, you know, the pieces around him hopefully coming together a bit better than they did this last year. So, I mean, those are huge offseason uh, misses. And they haven't been able, you know, they've, they've picked a few guys from the portal here and there, but they're, you know, not, not necessarily home run guys on the offensive line. I don't think they've got anybody on the defensive line. So, you know, that is a concern. The defensive line wasn't bad last year, but you lose a lot of those bodies. Hopefully they're confident in the, the depth behind uh, those guys that didn't get to play too much, that they've developed uh, the way you want them to. Um, and, and certainly there's still, the portal's open. The portal is not closed um, after spring ball. Nebraska's going to have to let go a lot of guys on scholarship um, and even maybe more so to get past, maybe not down to 85, maybe down to 82 so they can take a few right. offensive linemen and defensive linemen as well uh, to round out this team and get it moving forward. But, um, you know, I, I, I certainly think seven, uh, I mean, I could see it being seven too. I'm like, there's a possibility, you know, like I said, if it, it, a lot of it's the eye test. If they, if they make it to a bowl game at six and six, but, you know, they're just kind of getting, along, by, yeah. getting by Rutgers on a Hail Mary or something, mm-hmm. you know, and you're just going, this isn't this isn't moving forward. Um, I could see that happening, too. Of course, this week, uh, as we transition topics here, uh, Sunday is the Super Bowl. We're all looking forward to that. Uh, I know, Nate, you put a nice little wager down <laughs> on the Rams, so maybe you'll be cheering a little harder than everybody else. I also saw you this morning. At what time eating chicken wings? How many of them? Like, you put like six of them, seven of them down. Uh, well, for one, yeah, I did put money on the Rams, but I tell you what, I'm not too confident in that. It's one of those things, I mean, both are a good story. I could go either way. I mean, I'll probably be rooting for the Bengals, to be entirely honest with you. So, but hopefully, for my case, it'll be a win-win situation. But, yeah, I was um, I was actually at Wings and Rings, which, uh, uh, shout oh, out yeah. to Wings and Rings. We'll be there on Sunday uh, for the Super Bowl. But, yeah, I was at Wings and Rings. Uh, I think I put down six at 5.15 in the morning. So <laughs> it certainly wasn't, I don't know, an ideal situation. But you have to make the most with, uh, with the opportunities that you're given. And when they say breakfast of champions, Bach, the first thing that comes to my mind is chicken wings and potato wedges. So I don't know many people <laughs> out there that can disagree. I don't know. It, it worked at the end of the day. That's a pretty heavy breakfast. I, I, but I, for, for, for what it's worth, I would probably eat chicken wings at 5.30 in the morning. I love chicken wings. Probably my favorite food would be right up there. And certainly is a must, like you mentioned, for a Super Bowl, uh, which will be out there. Super Bowl party at Buffalo Wings and Rings, 68th and 0. Stop by for great food, drinks, and lots of free prizes all during the Bengals-Rams Super Bowl on Sunday. Uh, that will be uh, very exciting. Um, but, uh, yeah, pro- probably going to be a lot of wings eaten there. Do you have any other go-to food? I, I know some people kind of think of – you know, subs, sub, you know, Subway sandwiches, not necessarily the brand Subway or whatever, um, but, you know, Super Bowl subs for their Sundays. You got any go-tos on, on Super Bowl Sunday that's a must at a party? I think chicken wings is definitely at the top of the list, but I, I know a lot of people are pizza 
pizza fanatics, especially I know Domino's. I'm pretty sure their busiest day of the year is Super Bowl, so don't quote me on that. But I, I yeah. think I remember at some point seeing that Papa John's Domino's. But this might be a little bit of a hot take, Buck, and I don't know if you're going to be too happy with this, and I certainly know our listeners aren't going to be too happy with this. I don't like pizza. You don't like pizza. I don't like pizza. No, I mean, I mean, like, I'll eat it. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, if you're giving me a slice of pizza, I mean, I'm a big dude. I'll put down basically whatever you put in front of me. But no, I. There's, it just hurts my stomach, you know. It just all the oh. tomato sauce. I don't know. I'm an old oh, man. Yeah. I, I gotta get some tums. <laughs> I, if, if I'm eating pizza, I gotta eat the tums before, and then maybe I'll be all right. But no, I'm not a huge pizza fan. Well, my goodness, yeah. I guess your stomach doesn't hold up very well. That's crazy. I know. Like, there's some people around the station. I think Sorta doesn't like it because he doesn't like cheese. But um, you know, like that cheese is he lactose intolerant? I, th- I don't think so. <laughs> he just doesn't. Maybe that's Lanny that I'm thinking. Of. I I have to ask Sorta. Do you like pizza? Oh, Sorsen likes pizza. That's Lanny. That <laughs> you know, I'm this thing, you're throwing shade at Sorsen. He can't even defend himself. Well, he, I asked him. He's, talking, he's doing some business out here. Uh, here at uh, the Lancaster Events Center, where we're at. Again, encourage you guys to come out here. We've got a booth set up with Coligan. Uh, it's a great time. There's so many vendors out here. Um, so it's obviously, you know, a great time out here. Um, I, I think for I think that's that's a, quite a hot take though. I haven't heard too many people. Have you have you tried like Chicago style pizza? I mean, oh you tried yeah, all the no, pizza? I mean that's the, I've tried. If I had to eat pizza, it'd probably be Chicago style. I've had New York style pizza. I mean, a, a few times actually in New York, it wasn't great. And people are already tagging me, Jason. What is wrong with you? No, I, Jason, I understand. <laughs> Trust me, you aren't the first person that said this. I mean, I, I get it. But here, let me ask you this then. Pineapple on pizza, because I know people are very adamant about that one way or the other. I honestly don't care. It's like if you're giving me pizza, sure, throw pineapple on it. Why not? Yeah. Oh, I love pineapple on pizza. Hawaiian pizza is probably <laughs> right up there my favorite. Like I said, I love chicken wings, so like buffalo chicken pizza is, is right there too. But other than that, Hawaiian pizza is is tops. Right. So I, I'm a big pineapple fan. Uh, how about the, the Super Bowl commercials? Are you one of those people that, that – you know, quiet down. The, the game's off, but the commercials are on. <laughs> Not usually. I mean, that's normally the time you're grabbing a beer. I don't know, grabbing a snack. But the Super Bowl commercials, I I don't know if it's maybe just because in the late 2000s, kind of early 2010s, they were so good. In my opinion, that was kind of the peak for Super Bowl commercials. I don't think they are what they used to be. And now they're, what, $6 million for a spot? I mean, it's oh, absolutely yeah. outrageous. I mean, but you think that if you're paying that much money, you'd be at least a little bit more creative. I don't know. They're just not what they used to be. No, I completely agree. I always like, you know, we, we after you go through them, you, you rank them the top ten, the top ten or whatever, um, and you know, it, it's usually you can't find ten of them <laughs> that no. really stuck to your head, and and it's amazing because those, I mean, they cost so much. Um, you think, and I don't know how long they prepare for these, but you think for the price and 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 you know how much. Uh, viewership they're getting that they'd have like just a you board every company would just have like three or four guys that's just like your job this whole year is to set <laughs> up our, our, our super, bowl super bowl commercial yeah. and make it halfway decent and a lot of these are like man they what really is going on them. yeah i know, yeah. I know. It, who's is it nbc this year who's who has are they it? i'm not sure even i actually don't know if it is nbc so who would that be al michaels and chris collinsworth i'm almost po- I'm, I'm almost positive that it is nbc which i'm all right with i kind of want to see tony romo call a Super Bowl, though. What do you, how do you feel about Tony Romo? Do you like Tony Romo? I like Tony Romo. He gets I mean, a lot of hate. I don't understand. Yeah. I like when he calls out the plays and then they, they play out. A right. lot of people are amazed by that. He's a quarterback. I mean, he's, he was an NFL quarterback right. a few years ago. He should be able to do that, hopefully. Um, so, I, I no, but I like Tony Romo. I, I do love Collinsworth, though. Here's a guy. <laughs> <laughs> he, that's the problem is he talks just a little bit too much. I don't know. It's pretty, I like, but I do like at the beginning of the game the slide in. I mean, it's it's pretty smooth. Oh, yeah. You got to give him credit for that. I mean, if it, at the end of the day, like if nothing else, he probably does have the smoothest intro. 
out of all the yeah. color commentators. Nothing's going to beat uh, Pat Summerall and John Madden back in the day. I don't. I guess oh, you might yeah. be a little too young. For no, those but guys. I remember all I've seen. I've seen oh, all yeah. of that. And then when John Madden was having RIP, by the way, I mean when he was having yeah. all of his uh, videos come out and everything on Twitter, I saw him and he was just fantastic. Oh yeah, that, those are the guys I grew up with the Super Bowl and on Madden and everything. So those those football for me for the rest of the time, if if it were up to me. Uh, do you have some uh, Super Bowl prop bets? Uh, th- did you Ooh, have any? Time I literally to look just up? had them. They're in the other studio, but I know oh. um, the the first two off the top of my head. Um, I know Matt Stafford's yards total was two eighty three and a half, and Joe Burrow's was two seventy eight and a half. And I was thinking the over on both, but I was curious what you had to say. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we a lot of people kind of expect a, an, a pretty offensive heavy, you know, at least passing game heavy uh, attack from both of them. So yeah, I mean, I would, I'd probably think if 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 they're gonna if either of them are gonna win, that's gonna happen. There's always the possibility that you have an absolute dud on the Super Bowl. It could be like twenty eight oh to like yeah. ten, or you have that. What was it? Rams and Patriots a few years back, thirteen to six or something like that. That's oh, yeah. your kind of game, though. You're defensive the defensive battles. guy. Get yeah. out of here. No defensive battles. The, I'm no. in on the last thing that I want to see is a thirteen no. to six game. No, I want to see it forty five forty two shootout. I want to <laughs> see both quarterbacks thrown for five hundred yards and four touchdowns. That's the kind of football I want to watch. No defense. I'm Let us play fascinated. seven on seven. No. Yeah, no, no, no. I like I like a low-scoring defensive oh, battle. Every point matters. Oh, down, my down God. Down late in the stretch, somebody's got to come up big, and maybe it'll come down to a field goal. Oh, my God. <laughs> I do say, I will say, again, I'm not giving anyone betting advice because in my career that's probably a terrible idea to take any of that. But my favorite bet that I saw, I think it was actually plus, so you would be – it was plus 140 or something like that. Odell Beckham Jr., five and a half receptions. The over – so it's favored for him to get under that, but I honestly think five and a half. I don't know. I mean, are they going to double Cooper Cup? I mean, he's just been tearing teams apart, especially in the playoffs. So I think this might be not OBJ's coming out party because obviously he's one of the best receivers in the NFL, but five and a half just seems a little bit low to me. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a, probably a pretty good number. It's, it's not, no sure way that he's going to get past that. But sometimes I think like Gronk and, and guys like that, they, they – they seem to be featured in Super Bowl plans. And Odell Beckham Jr. Right. certainly, you know, has kind of his star rank. He maybe can come up a little bit um, for this game. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's a pretty good uh, prop bet to go with. Um, uh, but either way, no matter what you do, don't bet the house. No. <laughs> Gamble I mean, responsibly. And that's why I understand. The other day we had that one guy who said Nebraska plus one and a half. I just wish I would have known. I think he was saying take Nebraska. And if you would have done that, you're probably looking to buy another house right now if you did that that far because <laughs> Nebraska just stuck it to Minnesota. But I will say this before before we're, we have to head break here in a little bit. I saw today, I think it was pro football focus. I might, I might be butchering that, but – they said the advantage goes to Joe Burrow over Matt Stafford. And that actually kind of surprised me because normally pro football focus, I mean, they run all the analytics. They have all the in-depth statistics that, that most of us don't know. And they had Joe Burrow with the advantage. And I don't know. I just I just think the longevity of Matt Stafford, he's a veteran. I mean, obviously he's never been in the spot before because he played for the poverty Detroit Lions. But I would have given Matt Stafford the edge. I'm still giving Matt Stafford the edge. So I'll, I, that surprised me a little bit. Yeah, especially with the the Rams defense he's going up against. A lot of people, that's the reason why they're picking the Rams is that that right. front's going to, you know, really attack Burrow. Um, that so, poor yeah. offensive line, too. Yeah. And, I, and it's, it's it's interesting and fascinating, too, because we talk about teams, you know, at, at sometimes you think, you know, this team, a lot of people are saying, you know, Joe Burrow, this is the first of six Super Bowls he'll be yeah, in. Like, and slow it down a little bit. Yeah, first of all, slow it down. <laughs> um, but, you know, that, that's always, the, you know, you want to say, okay, who's the best teams in the NFL? 
these teams made it to the Super Bowl, they're going to be dynasties in the future. I don't necessarily know if that's the case. Um, but one thing is because they both had to make this run out of the four seed. Uh, and then the yeah. other thing is, is they're both pretty darn flawed. And when you talk about those quarterbacks as far as the passing attack, whereas the Bengals, um, you know, Burrow led the, the league in, in being sacked. And right. Stafford, he, he slings the ball everywhere. He led the nation or the league, I say nation because of college football, led the league in interceptions. Um, so we, I think we could see perhaps, you know, defensive plays being the difference in this game. But uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about this with Mike McDaniel, actually, of Sports Illustrated. So we'll, we'll talk to him here in just a second. A reminder, we are at the Lancaster Event Center teaming up with Colican of Lincoln at our booth. Come stop by and say hi. Uh, we will be right back here on the Ticket Water Cooler. <laughs> 